Hello and welcome to my podcast, How I Teach Golf. My name's Duncan Walger and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello everybody, episode of How I Teach Golf. Today I'm speaking to a PGA fellow professional, the head of academy for Top Golf UK, coaching uh, at Top Golf Chigwell occasionally. And uh, he guarantees to improve your golf. So I'm definitely going to question him on that. Uh, Andrew Agnoli, how are we? I'm very good. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, pleasure to be here and thanks for the invite. No, you're more than welcome. Andrew, I'm not, uh, I suppose I've known you for a little while. Um, but I don't know how you got into the game of golf and how you ended up at uh, working for Top Golf and for Chigwell. So for the listeners out there... Uh, Tell us a bit about yourself and how you ended up where you are. So golf for me originally was actually a bit of a punishment. So uh, dad was a golfer and had I been um, not deemed as behaving as a kid, it was go walk around the golf course with your dad and get some fresh air. And of course, dad then managed to get a golf club in my hand. And at the appropriate times, I would hit the odd shot. And developed a love for the game pretty quickly, to the point that I've uh, played a hell of a lot of golf as a junior and never really looked back. As I say, got the buzz that we've all got, fallen in love with it, joined a golf club, played lots of junior golf, then looked at golf as a career and started looking at golf as a career from, say, 15 or 16. Yeah. And was quite realistic. I, I was good but I, I wasn't tour good so uh, I started looking into coaching at a pretty early age and started helping the local golf club and the local golf pros out and developed a, a real passion for coaching joined the PGA and, and and my local golf course had an opening for an assistant at 18 and, and gone through the training program and never really looked back it's been a, a fantastic journey so far where did you do your junior golf and your um, your PGA so I was at Bishop Stortford Golf Club, just sort of North London, Hertfordshire, towards Spencer Airport. It was a, a growing golf club and, and a traditional members golf club that most of us know now and is, is in, you know, is, is booming. It's, it's bucking the trend a little bit in, in what that model looks like. But it was great times to say I was a junior there and ended up spending sort of 20 odd years there in one form or another, because I ended up being the, the pro there or a pro there for around 11 years as well. So it was a, a fantastic grounding and experience for me uh, and then decided to move on a little bit. So when um, so when you were going through doing your PGA, um, did you do the foundation degree or did you, which? Yeah, I did the foundation degree alongside Birmingham University whilst in the, in the role as an assistant. Okay, so you, you were covering the retail side as well, I presume? Yeah, yeah. I had shop manager in a, a job title once. Okay, <laughs> and then, but your passion remained in coaching. So what did you, um, so how did you look outside of the PGA, as it were, out of its core, core benefits of going through the PGA qualification? How did you explore other avenues with your, within your coaching? So... I mean, like the day I got my certificate saying I was qualified, I I went up to my boss and said, I really don't enjoy my shop time. I want to go and run, a, <laughs> run your coaching business for you, um, which was, uh, I guess, a forward move. But it worked out well. As I say, I then started 
looking and oh, my wife always laughs when I say this but I've always loved to learn things and I've yeah. looked going outside other other industries of golf and golf and reading and keen to pick up information from anywhere so I did a lot of that I went and looked into diet I did some sort of low-level qualifications in nutrition I did some functional movement stuff I looked at kind of human behaviors I've looked into sales probably spent more time out of golf than I have in golf Um, so and and that's not changed recently either so uh, I, I really kind of look at every piece and try and learn something from almost every experience I possibly could and that's something that I think really you know has helped me in my career to date as well. Excellent. So you, you finished at Bishop Stortford and then you went off to where? Where did you go from there? I went and then took a head pro role at a place in Norfolk called Deerham Golf Club. And uh, it was it was definitely a, a, a moment for me, as I guess many assistants have. The, the pro above me at Bishop Stortford was doing a fantastic job and, and he was making no sort of signs of moving on and the club were really happy. So I decided to branch out. It was either I was going to be there forever or it's time to go it alone moved there had a had a wonderful time in places had some challenges in others and eventually I decided it wasn't quite the right fit for my career again it took me away from my core passion a little which was coaching who uh, didn't sort of did just under two years there and then moved to, to top golf and again it's been a good call so far and how did that come about um so I I was obviously looking for a, a new role after realising that Deerham wasn't quite the right fit and had three roles offered to me on the same day and just happened to be looking around the job uh, the job boards in, in and out of the usual places, the PGA website, uh, recruitment agency in the end were the people that linked me with Top Golf. And, <laughs> and as I say, I joined Chigwell as the head pro there. So... Head Pro is slightly different at a Top Golf because it's a, a different venue, but essentially it's in charge of all of the coaching competitions and a little bit of the site operations is, is that role. But uh, it suited me and my lifestyle, and as I say, I, I enjoyed that a lot. And that, that morphed into becoming the UK uh, head of the academy, is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. We, we set... Um, we actually set a company record the full calendar year I was in position and um, then the opportunity came to take a strategic position and work in the head office for the UK team and look at what our golf offering is and that's where I am now I've been doing that about 18 months and we're slowly getting into a position where we want to be but there's always lots of work and lots of developments and the industry moves so quick that it's sometimes a job of keeping up with it. Okay so uh... I, I, you'll you'll be able to tell me if I get a little off track with my questioning, just, you know, kind of put me back on track. So perfect. I would suggest that, because um, obviously the podcast is how I teach golf. So would you say that the offering from site to site in Top Golf is, is the same or is it very different within different sites and within the actual site itself? So what's kind of the, what can the golf professionals do for themselves or is there you know working for top golf you you offer this that and the other it's a bit it's a bit of a mixture of of, of both to be honest um, okay. what we what we can offer the golf pro is a huge amount of footfall and where i'm sat right now is you know there's a queue out the door because it's easter holidays and the sun's out 
So there's a there's a huge amount of potential in a top golf venue. And then around the how we teach golf, that we've got a an absolutely you know I think a, a fantastic setup where we've got climate controlled range, technology driven range. We have many different games that can be played on a system that's in your bay, which almost feel, forms some kind of progress report or skills test or games-based coaching sessions which we use many different levels we've got uh, other equipment such as top tracer system uh, flight scopes and, and things like that so we can we can offer coaching to a whole level of different and my, my role and i believe is kind of you know as we've all done is you find out as an individual coach your beliefs and your systems and your your methods if you will and your way in coaching and and that's important to us whilst working within a little bit of a brand kind of standards and a brand standpoint and do you still give as it says on your twitter handle you still teach occasionally so what if i wanted to if i wanted to get a one-to-one session with yourself how would i go about that and talk us through the first kind of five minutes of the session or before the session so for me, I, yes, I do still coach. I coach uh, kind of a day a week or a, a few hours in a day a week, depending on what the schedule looks like. For me, it's, it's, it's all about establishing what the person in front of me wants and what their goals are and what their parameters are to, to get there, what their desires are to get there. We, we are, and I've always worked around sitting down with someone finding out what they want to achieve from their sessions, whether it be a one-off session or a run of sessions, making sure that we're realistic, but trying to move towards that that goal as best we can with the skills and uh, equipment we have as coaches. Excellent. And then, um, so I presume you don't do any of the group beginner classes or anything like that that you offer? I, I don't particularly but um you know again I, I sit there and i talk to the guys with, with regards to strategy i mean a huge part of our clientele is is new golfers we almost will see you know a huge amount of people have their first golf experience and would still say they're non-golfers after visiting a top golf uh-huh. like all of us they they either get hooked on that brilliant shot or they they notice the frustrations and the challenge that comes with this you know, fantastic sport and they have that desire to get better. So we, we build upon that and we, we tend to try and get results very, very quickly in a similar style to, I know you've done the one plane stuff, you know, we look trying to get them hooked on that great shot and, and upskilling them as quickly as possible with as little effort, I guess, as possible on their half behalf. Cool. And then, sorry, Andrew, I just you just I lost you for the last like five or ten seconds of that. So, could you repeat the the last little bit about trying to get them hooked? Yeah, well, as I say, most of our our guests are beginners, so we we really see the growing the game aspect of what we do is really important. So we know we've got to make a quick result where possible to get them hooked and use that as our hook to get them into golf and potentially into coaching if that's the way we go. But more importantly, for all of us into golf. Fantastic. So if I'm having a one-to-one session with yourself as a beginner, uh, first of all, do you teach a lot of beginners one-to-one or do you find you, you, you're you tending to teach more of the established golfer if they're coming to you just for a, a personal session? 
for a personal session, I, I will teach a, a very wide spectrum still in my time. I would say I'm a little bit more now down the established kind of handicapped golfer. So I'm moving away from that, but that's not, that's not something I'm driving. It's just the way yeah. it's gone with the, the times that I, uh, I have available. Um, but, you know, I'm more than happy to, to take a beginner on. And I, and I, the way I would go around doing a, a, a session with a beginner is I actually throw them the club pretty quickly and I say, right, can you show me what you can do and what you know and what you believe? And I try and get to their key concepts. Yeah. And more often than not, I find their concepts are, are very, very, um, I, I think I'll just simply use the term wrong. And they what they're actually believe they have to do they're often quite good at but it's because of what they believe is wrong they don't actually get the result they want so i look at shaping concepts pretty quickly so that that gives them the long lasting and the quicker journey in my opinion to playing better golf and is there is there a golf course at, at, at top golf at your chigwell one not a Chigwell. We have a partnered golf course, which is just just very very local, and and we will use that um, when suits again. And, and fairly early on, as a coach, I will try and get a golf onto the golf course or onto the putting green or whatever very very quickly because, again, I see that early early part of teaching beginners is that the hook, as a, as I've used, yeah. part of the hook is to get them out there and to experience this fantastic game out on the grass in the quiet and you know in the fantastic sunshine etc etc which is really important to golfer and buying into to what we do fantastic now, i couldn't agree more obviously you know where i'm teaching here at world of golf london we've got you know 56 bays and you know no grass at all but yeah like ourselves, we've got very local golf courses where you know same for myself i'm teaching someone who's a beginner or, or uh, relatively newbie to the game of golf Although we want to shape, as you said, shape their concepts and their ideas around how they're going to play golf, but we want to get them out on the golf course so they can experience that, you know, not as soon as possible, but pretty quick. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a key part of that, isn't it? Yeah. So then, so going back to your other role as, um, as uh, head of the academy, so you, you, you mentioned the beginners. Classes. So what kind of happens there? How do people get onto that? And what kind of barriers or myths and misconceptions around taking the golf lessons do you find that you encounter? So we're in the middle of relaunching the adult program, but uh, that'll be able to kind of be booked and online. But we we tend to go down a multi-week kind of course sessions. And, and as far as barriers go, I mean, I, I think golf clubs put a hell of a lot of barriers up, which gives us an opportunity in the market because we don't have the dress codes and the maybe the other barriers that even physically, like a, a barrier at the gate, for example, we have a, a pretty inclusive, welcoming um, look to our all of our venues. We have a system that, again, you don't have to hit the ball very far to score lots of points and enjoy. So we make that those initial sessions game based and, and fun and that's really, really important, again, to getting across to our clientele, which, you know, as I say, this might be their first exposure to a golf pro and a golf lesson. We want to make sure that they don't come away from that thinking, you know, that was hard work or confusing. And therefore, we tend to introduce one concept at a time and then use a game to to promote that. And, and we'll guide them, of course. But um, that's our, our general strategy to doing those. Excellent. And how many people would be in a class? So how many 
how many in a class uh, with one professional or one coach? We tend to go down the smaller route of of classes. To be honest, we don't tend to get sort of the big twenties. We we're a, a little bit more about quality. So you know, I. Kit, uh, four or five adults, sorry, in a class. Yeah. For a more sort of semi-private model than a, uh, you know, flood the the groups and and then that that again I think leads to confusion if you have too many people and not enough time to to get your point across. So you start off with let's say, um, one professional with four or five people in the class. Yeah. And then uh, and how many weeks would that be for? Is that a six-week course or? We're, we're looking at that structure, as I say, currently, but we'd look to have at least a four-week course in there, and we're going to look at different offerings for different groups of, of people. But, yeah, it's, it's a multi-week course, and then the last one will be with one of the golf courses that we partner with, Yeah, giving them that golf experience. And then we'll, we're potentially going to look to, you know, like it's been done before, but move to a level two and a level three. Mm. And we're a big, you know, a big thing that we speak about as well as the, our counterparts in the U S is base the fairways. We really try and get people that come and visit our venue out of the bays onto the fairways. And as I say, we're very, very keen as a company to grow the game of golf in any way we can. Yeah. Fantastic. And then you've got, I suppose the offerings are uh, juniors, are they ladies only classes, senior classes. What, what's the, what's the full spectrum? Yeah, I mean, we don't tend to see too many seniors, which, again, is very different to most golf clubs. Our average yeah. age is, is much younger. Uh, the demographic of a top golf is much younger. So, you know, we really look at junior classes as a big part of our, our venues. We look at the younger demographics and the adults and putting stuff around their, their lives and their timings. Actually, we don't offer too much in the way of seniors. Again, we won't necessarily not offer it. They're welcome to join us at any time, but it's just not a key, a core demographic of a, our, our venues. So therefore, we can move programs sort of maybe during the day or, or in an evening to suit lifestyles and, and workers. And that gives us a fair amount of flexibility getting from venue to golf course and the bays and, and things like that. Yeah, and I know you mentioned, you know, same as what we are here, there's no dress code and... As you say, it's a very warm and welcoming, uh, open and inclusive environment. Uh, golf equipment-wise, does do they have to turn up with their own clubs, or do you supply clubs? What's the what's the deal there? We have clubs in every bay for all the the every single person basically. So it, it's literally just them turning up, walking through the door, uh, and just being ready to give golf a try and give it a go. And and if they're keen to do that, then. It's our job, as I say, as the coaching team to make sure they love it and, and come back. Fantastic. And it doesn't matter if you're right or left-handed. Is, am I saying it, it doesn't matter what bay you're in, it's usable for a right and a left-hander or is there different bays? No, everything, every bay is, is usable for right and left-handers. We have the right-handed clubs out there ready to use and we have a whole host of left-handed clubs just hidden behind our reception. So if someone needs to use those. So, like I say, we've tried to make that journey as inclusive as possible so that there's no reason that you can give golf a go. Excellent. So if someone wanted to sign up or with a group of their mates sign up, how would they do that, uh, Andrew? What is that? Uh, give a shout out to the website so we can get people signing up. Topgolf.com. And then if you hit the play tab, that will take you straight towards lessons. And then you get our online diary, which obviously has our kind of live lesson offering. 
and you can go from there. And there's a web inquiry as well there. So if we haven't quite covered what you want or you want to speak to a pro directly, then you can just fill out a very short form and, and we'll get back to you within a couple of days. Excellent. So let's go back. I know I'm jumping back a little bit here. So let's say you're teaching the established golfer. Um, do you have a different area uh, for the private one-to-one sessions or is it generally just somewhere on the range where you can get a bay? Sorry to be that, you know, that blunt. No, I get it. Um, again, it's a, it's a bit of a, a strategic one, I guess, and time. We will suit the guest a little bit, but you know, most of the guests we are seeing are, are been to Top Golf and therefore they, they like the environment. Otherwise, they wouldn't come back. So the, the music, the, the things like that. So we don't have a private studio or anything like that. We can use the corners and, and the, the lower floor corners in particular because they tend to be quieter spots if that's what we, we want and that's what we need. But at the same time, we can use the middle of the range um, if that's where we want to go as well. So we're not kind of bound to any particular place. And, um, you know, there's no plans to put in a, a teaching suite or anything like that, particularly because, as I say, we've, we've got volume control in, in areas as well. So we can we can form our environment to how we need it to be. Very good. And then um, I was going to ask the technology or training aids that you tend to be using. Uh, I think you mentioned flight scope, and obviously you've got the top tracer in every bay. So, uh, yeah. any any other teaching aids or uh, any other launch monitors you've looked into, or and how do you utilise those within the within the lesson? So I'm I'm pretty big personally on technology, so I'll set up the flight scope, and I'll have it there for every session. It doesn't mean I use it every session, and and I'll have the body track mat that we have out again, ready to go in most sessions. Yeah. And, and obviously we have the game ready to go at any time, then for me, it's it's that important job of being the filter between that technology and the person ahead of you. And, and, and this, one of the skills I think in modern coaching is, is realising how much information you should put across to the student that's becoming more and more aware, in my opinion, of, of what that technology is, can do. And they're even more and more aware of what these numbers mean because it's referred to you know, daily, we're going to hear a lot of numbers tonight and then over the weekend because of the, the Masters starting and that, that huge focus around the practice range that, again, part of the modern golf coverage. I think the important role is of the coach is to interpret that data, simplify it where necessary and, and potentially even kind of go to town with it with the right person. Um, but using that data to, to suit the person ahead of you is really important. I think flight scope is a fantastic tool. Does on their best shots, and and really good screens that I I often just use visually and, and remove the numbers that they can show path and face angle, which are so simple even on a you know just to understand what that club's doing. So that's a, a really important tool, and and body track is again fantastic for. For all to just to understand some of the, the truth around pressure and how that moves and, and how balance affects golf swing and, and again that can be delivered at levels and I think that's a, an increasingly cool enough venue and a fantastic one as as we develop alongside using that that's that's relatively new to us to have them in our venues. Right and then 
Um, I suppose what I was going to ask you next was with regards to kind of with your own career, you kind of knew what you wanted to do. You wanted to get into coaching. So you looked a lot out, you know, you looked very broad, but then narrowed it down. So it was more goal specific as it were, because yeah. then you're dealing with a lot of people's wants and needs, um, not just in the group environment, but one-to-one -one basis as well. Yeah. What advice would you give to anyone uh, who wanted to get into coaching as their career? Uh, what would you say for them to do? Any mistakes that you've made that you would say, I wouldn't do that again? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know whether it's a mistake or, or what, but looking back again, I would reorganise my thoughts. So I think going back when I was 18 and I joined and or even 21 and I've just completed the programme from the PGA, I went in thinking coaching knowledge was the number one skill to getting more people enjoying the game or lessons in my diary and things like that. Whereas actually, and truth be told, it, it's far from it. If you don't develop the interpersonal skills, the sales skills, the the business structures around uh, running a coaching business, the online diary or the diary management skills, um, essentially you need to work out how you're going to work a customer relations service out really quickly. And if you can do that, you will get, you know, you will go far and then you will have time to develop your coaching knowledge as that goes through. Mm -hmm. I think I reviewed that in reverse previously. I think I, I viewed that as coaching knowledge was king and, and people will come to me because I am, um, I don't know, an advanced PGA pro and I've done the X course and Y course. I think, truth be told, that's not the case. And, and I have, a, I guess, a slightly controversial view around the PGA training programme but I, I, I really push for some for them to move to doing some sales stuff as early as possible. Yeah, no, great. That's, I think that's really good advice. I mean, I dread to think how many courses I've been on, but at the end of the day, if I actually look at how many communications or uh, personal interactions or sales courses I've been on to, I think it would be one sales course to 10 coaching courses. And I think almost it should have been, it should have been a lot more even and I should have done a lot more a lot earlier in my career myself. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some sort of an epiphany moment for me, and it, it was facilitated by the PGA and one of their BROs or um, coaching relationships officers was, you know, I, I went and spent a lot of time went and spent a, a good couple of days with someone in the fitness industry. And mm. training day didn't teach me how to be a fitness instructor. It t taught me how to, to deal with customers, how to get customers in, how to work with social media, how to create leads, how to look after people when they're in. And the skills were instantly transferable. And I, I've seen a sharp increase in revenue for my coaching business and my coaching department now. You know, their strategies I learned that day. Whereas sometimes I've come away from CPD, which might have been swing based and it's been a great day and I've learned stuff, but I'm, I'm, I don't, ever think that maybe that's a lasting improvement and I, I don't know whether that really has benefited my business long term um so i i yeah i'm, I'm out jury's out on that one a little bit for me as well and i, I just speak to you and i'm starting to laugh because i've just remembered i've just signed up for another cpd about swing theory <laughs> 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 I, I think i need to go on another sales course never mind <laughs> Well, I say to my team, I said it last month, I said, we did a, a swing training day and, and 
I, I'm not against them at all. I think there's there's definite time and place, but for my team, it was right. I want to see you bring this to life. What you've taken from this, I don't want yeah. this to be a nice day because in a way, I've by by getting together and doing those kind of days, if you're not using that in a month or it's not being used in your business, it's essentially a waste of time. Um, mm. And I don't like wasting people's time because you don't get that back. It's the most valuable commodity you have. So I... I, I the jury the jury's out on my team on that one and if they're listening they, they know that yeah awesome excellent if uh if you had the opportunity to only play one more round of golf who would it be with and where would it be <laughs> where would it be it would it would have to be augusta it's always been augusta and it's not again because it's the masters thursday it it's always been augusta for me the kind of mystery around that place, the way the greens react, the, you know, just to play aiming corner and being in some of the the memories that I've got as a kid. You know, I can remember staying up late with dad watching that. And, and I, I wouldn't even do that for the open, really, and truthfully at, at that time. So that really was the event that kind of drew me in with the glamour and, and the prestige. So it'd have to be there. And as far as playing with, I'm not really his biggest fan, but I would love four or five hours with Tiger Woods for many different reasons. Um, again, I, I can remember as clear as day some experiences of watching him at Wentworth years and years ago when I was probably 21, the Open at, at St. George's, uh, Ryder Cup. So I would just love to pick his brains for five hours or four hours or whatever. At the same time, I'd, I'd, if we did play, I'd almost love him to really play in top gear and I'd love to see how good he was. So I wouldn't want him to take it easy on me. I'd want him to absolutely go for it and um, and that would be a fantastic experience as well. So it's, it's, it's a two-ball round, Augusta, you and Tiger, and he's he's got his own game. His own, his yeah. own game with him. Absolutely. Uh, I, I know what that would end up like as a result, but I'm, I'm up for that. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And then basically, this is kind of your chance here, Andrew, to just uh, to give a shout out to the people that have kind of helped you shape your career. Um, just as a little thank you um, for just helping you get to where you are now. I know you do a, a fantastic job. Um, I'm trying to remember how long I've known you. Is it about eight years when I was at Braintree? Yeah, we've, we've gone. We've been close, and then we we moved apart. You gave me a couple. Of, you gave me a couple of lessons as well, way back when, when when I was still. Uh, I don't think I hurt you that bad, so I think you've done all right. Uh, I can still remember the moves, um, but I can't do that. Uh, that. That's due to my rustiness. Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been good. I mean, as far as shaping my career goes, it. I'm a really loyal PJ member. I'm, I really am. I I think they offer some fantastic support if you go and ask them. They can't simply just come and ask you. They have too many of us members to look at. Um, but if you go to them and, and you are willing to open the, your ears to what some of the people in the industry are, are willing to tell you, people like Sam Carr, who I know has been on this podcast, uh, yep. O'Kelly, Fiona, that team in particular, I've met Justin a few times as well. They've been They've been fantastic and I've always come away from those experiences learning and having some research to do and some action points. So I think they're really, really key people for me um, directly. Indirectly, it's it's all the fantastic instructors that are willing to share best practice, drills, concepts out there. You know, I can think of 
Andrew Rice, Adam Young. You know, I, I really, really can, you know, I gravitate to, to Andrew, uh, Andrew Rice and Adam Young in particular with what they believe. But then, you know, I try and stay stay abreast of a lot of these things and sort of, you know, the GG swing tips I listen to, the Trackman Maestros. You know, you, the, the education those guys offer is just phenomenal if you make the time and book the time in your diary as well to actually to look for some of this stuff. Then there's there's a wealth of knowledge out there that indirectly you can pick up massively. Brilliant. So, again, it's, it's making sure that all, all the all the young coaches and, and bits and pieces look look broad, look wide, and then take the bits that you like and narrow it down and look a bit deeper into each each area of those. Absolutely, absolutely. You'll, you'll find people that resonate with you. And, and, and I think when someone comes to the lesson tee with yourself, they are buying a part of you. So your personality, your thoughts, your concepts, your beliefs, your styles, that's what they want. They don't want a kind of cookie cutter approach in my opinion yeah but looking in the right places to develop that and and as i say you know i think many golf pros look just in the industry for these things but you know open university courses i've done have been fantastic around communication for example and there's there's some free ones on there you can whittle through them in a couple of hours go look at the fitness world if you particularly if you work at a range or you're a coach you know what a pt does and what a golf coach does is essentially identical they're just offering a different uh, product you know i've even spent time with um barbers believe it or not and and what their model looks like and what they do and you know they're some of the best relationship people in on the planet they can talk about anything to anyone for uh, 25 minutes without really even being able to know you know they don't have a common theme maybe like golf like we do when someone walks to us so yeah, I've gone to some weird places. I've, I've been even had some access to some Disney stuff, which has been a phenomenal customer service journey. So, yeah, you took just... my language there, Andrew. I love the I love the place and I study it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's an it's a fantastic opportunity that we get that we've teamed up with them and and them sort of opening some of the inner workings. There is is just so many little things that we can take out as coaches and will benefit us as coaches moving forward and, and form those long lasting relationships that we need to do as coaches, which again, will go back to growing the game. So um, yeah, just, I, as I said earlier, go into every experience with the opportunity to learn or confirm some knowledge because it's all around us. If you, if we open our eyes to it. Brilliant. Some really, really good advice there. Um, Andrew, if, if people want to get hold of you to ask any other questions, how um how can they get hold of you? Um, I'm pretty much always on email these days, so um, feel free to email me for any questions. And and I'm as part of my loyal PGA Pro stat stance, I really am keen to help a PGA Pro out in in what is a kind of what I deem is a slightly tougher climate than ever. So feel free to reach out to me, at, and it's Andrew Agnoli, which is A G N O L I at TopGolf.com. I'm still pretty active on social, so Instagram and Twitter are probably the most common places I visit, but you won't have to look particularly hard there. Um, and they're under Agnoli Golf, um, which was my coaching brand at the time. Awesome. Andrew, thanks very much for coming on. I've really enjoyed this. Um, we've only caught up briefly on, on social media. 
Um, but I hope we get a chance to meet up in person and uh, discuss a few concepts and ideas. That'd be really good. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. And again, thank you for anyone who's made it this far. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks very much, Andrew. Speak soon. Thank you. Bye.